Welcome to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Leah Darrow, and I share with you inspirational people who are truly doing something beautiful to make our world better. We are inspired by the words of St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, who said, do something beautiful for God. Do it with your life. Do it every day. Do it in your own way, but do it. This podcast is brought to you by Audible. For you, the listeners of the Do Something Beautiful podcast, with a free 30-day trial of Audible, you can get my new book, The Other Side of Beauty, read to you by yours truly for free. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com slash Darrow. Audible is Amazon's audio bookstore, and it has over 180,000 audiobooks to choose from. And so if you're like me and you like to listen to books while you travel, exercise, or cook, this is perfect for you. To get my audiobook for free, all you got to do is go to audibletrial.com slash Darrow. That's audibletrial.com slash Darrow, and you're in. The Do Something Beautiful podcast is also brought to you by Haiti 180. If you want to do something beautiful in the world, but find yourself busy, possibly overwhelmed with life, family, or work, but you still want to donate money for a good cause, you can still do something beautiful by becoming a Team 180 member. Haiti 180 provides an orphanage for 40 children, two elderly homes, a school for over 200 students, and a medical clinic in a small village in the hills of Haiti. Now, many of the listeners of this podcast have generously donated over $26,000 to build the maternity wing of the new hospital. And for as little as $15 a month, you can sponsor an orphan. That's 50 cents a day, people, 50 cents a day to help a little boy or a little girl have a good and just life. I've been there. I have seen their good works and I continue to give them my time, talent, and treasure. And I'm asking you to do the same. Go to Haiti180.com and do something beautiful with me. That's Haiti180.com. Hello, my friends. Today, we are talking with Alexis Walkenstein. Alexis is an Emmy award-winning journalist turned public relations pro working to evangelize the culture with positive media. She currently lives in Los Angeles now. She runs her own media and marketing firm, specializing in campaigns for film, television, publishing, and personalities. Today, though, we are talking about a mutual love we both have. Alexis is the author of the book, Ex Libris, Fulton J. Sheen, which is a, which she has compiled some pearls of wisdom from Fulton J. Sheen over all of his different books. And she's put them into one for us, which is really, really great because it's, <laughs> his books are amazing. I've read many, not all, but it takes a lot of time. So she's helped us out and pulled some of like these golden nuggets out for us. And so we're talking today in particular, and we're celebrating his birthday today, May 8th. It's a happy birthday episode to Fulton J. Sheen. And Alexis and I love him so much. It's really neat how he's coming to our life. We'll share that. She's going to talk about really how Fulton J. Sheen has affected her and her life as a journalist. Uh, so there's some really neat things there that she's going to talk about. And then we're actually going to mention pieces of the book. So you can get an idea of exactly if you've never read or heard anything from Fulton J. Sheen of why you should, of why you should love him as much as Alexis does and as much as I do. I've always talked about Fulton J. Sheen as my holy crush. He's someone who I just love so much. He's so fantastic for so many different reasons. And when I read him, sometimes I don't know if I'm reading him or St. John Paul II, because it's just, 
they have a very similar heart for talking about marriage, love, God, the Holy Spirit. It's just wonderful. So we're going to go over that. And we are going to do something special, though. I want to make sure that you know this. For this episode, in honor of Fulton J. Sheen's birthday, we are giving away five. It's a bundle of five books. Okay, so five of Alexis's books, and I'm going to add five of my book, The Other Side of Beauty, in honor of Fulton J. Sheen's birthday. He would have been 123 today. So in honor of that, we're giving away to five people a book bundle. So you will get Alexis's new book, and then you'll get my new book, The Other Side of Beauty. So all you have to do is go to Instagram, follow me, follow the directions, and we will pick the winners at random. Okay, without further ado, I can't wait for you to listen. I can't wait for you to fall in love with Fulton J. Sheen. All right, and welcome back to the podcast, and welcome Alexis Walkenstein. How you doing? Hey, Leah, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Okay, so super pumped to be talking to you because you and I are both mega fans, totally fangirl over the same man. <laughs> We are. We, we are. are. You call him your saint. He's <laughs> my saint is what you say and what you wrote in your book about him. I call him my holy crush. He is. <laughs> he's he, it's very holy because he's a priest and he's dead. But we both have a crazy fond love of Fulton J. Sheen. We do. We do. And he I think Fulton Sheen has a little crazy affection for us too, because he always knows who to pinpoint, who's going to carry the torch, you know, of evangelization. He seems to, I guess. I don't, I mean, I definitely trust him. I mean, I have got, I have, I love him. He was, for me, he was the one that I went to in the very beginning when I started this work. I was actually discerning with the Sisters of Life and I knew I was called to evangelization. It was on my heart burning inside of me, but it was this like little tip, a little like insider information Jesus was giving my heart, but the whole right. like how to do it and what it looks like. And I mean, what it even means. I was clueless. And so I'm spending this week with the sisters of life. And I, and it was actually in that same week, I get the, I definitely get the confirmation that I'm personally called to the vocation of marriage. And in that process, though, because they're the Sisters of Life and they're wonderful, they take us into New York City and they take us to St. Patrick's Cathedral. Mm. And because they're the Sisters of Life and they can pretty much do whatever they want in New York, <laughs> they get uh, permission to take our little small group of women that have been discerning with them for a few few weeks down into the crypt where their founder of the Sisters of Life is is laid to rest, as well as Fulton mm -hmm. J. Sheen. Sure and is. so all of these young women that are discerning with the Sisters of Life are just gravitating over <laughs> to the other, <laughs> the other tomb. It's like full body press up into the cement of the crypt is kind of how I would describe my experience in there. Right. And so there are all these women that are over there, okay? And I see Fulton J. Sheen. I see his name. I see mm -hmm. the crypt. And I was drawn like a magnet, which probably should have been the first clue. Like, hey, listen, God's got <laughs> something else planned for you, except besides <laughs> like like religious vocation is not it, right. sweetheart. Right. I went, I beelined it over to Fulton's tomb. And I just obviously put my hand on there. I was, and I just started crying. And I was like, yes. and I just told him, I was like, listen to me. 
I was speaking very firmly and come to find out because I didn't know a ton about him prior to that. I knew enough to know that he was this amazing evangelist because I grew up with my grandparents and my parents listening to him. Exactly my story. Yes, exactly. And I so, can relate. Yes. And so I'm sitting there and I have, I have my hand on the tomb and I'm like, and I'm just, I'm almost yelling at him and I'm like, listen, you have to help me. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. You did this your whole life. You won an Emmy for the love of God. You have got to help me. And uh, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I said, listen, I'm giving this to you. You are my spiritual director when it comes to evangelization. I am making yes. you help me because I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm scared to death. And people are asking me to speak about Jesus. And how am I supposed to do that? So I have all these things. And I threw myself basically at this 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 bishop in heaven being like, look, you got to help me figure this out because I don't, I don't know what to do. And that began my relationship with Fulton Sheen and it's carried through for over 10 years now. You have a very similar connection mm, to him as well. We, and especially you and you and Sheen are actually very similar yourselves. Now you, you both are, are, he was in the media and you both have won an Emmy. Right, right. I mean, Crazy. I think we are sisters from another mo- mother, you and I, Leah, first of all. That's crazy. We have very similar experiences in the crypt. And for me, Bishop Sheen, you know, I was a daughter of the generation of St. John Paul II. You know, that was my generation of, you know, the the spiritual fatherhood that I grew up under. So I, I kind of felt like I was all set in that area. But Bishop Sheen, let me tell you, when he wants to break into someone's life, he breaks in at a New York minute. And it grew for me. I was leaving, exchanging my mainstream career, laying that down. I know you had a similar experience, you know, with with your career and kind of exchanging that kind of presence in the media for a different type of of work in the media. And I, like you, I, I didn't really know how to do that either. But I didn't even exactly know that Bishop Sheen was going to be the man for the job. I had picked up a book called Three to Get Married when I was leaving Boston to go take on a communications director role, spokesperson role for a diocese in South Florida. And I knew it was going to be crazy, but I didn't know exactly how crazy it was going to be. We were in scandal mode around the country in the Catholic Church. There was, you know, really this impetus to have a deeper evangelization and an apologetic for the church, not just, you know, the no comments that kind of leave everybody hanging. And I really was felt like I was a missionary for that coming out of Boston and the situation in Boston. Right. And I picked up this book, Three to Get Married. And all at the same time, you know, I was really wanting the vocation of marriage. I knew from the time I was a little girl that all I wanted to be was married. But there was this struggle in the culture of the types of marriages that you would see and the types of relationships that you could either, you know, enter into these one night stand situations in the hookup culture, or just be completely lonely saying no to that and wait for something that seemed like was never coming. And so I bought this book for two things. I said, well, he's a holy dead bishop. I didn't know he was on track for sainthood. I had no purview on that whatsoever, even though I felt like I was pretty savvy in matters related to the church. I really didn't know that there was a cause that he was being considered for sainthood. I just knew dead, holy bishop, media bishop, talking about marriage, for you to get married, he can help me on my personal desire for marriage, and he could help me as an intercessor for this new work for a bishop that I needed to go serve. So that was kind of like my big introduction, and it, and it culminated like you couple years into my job, I hadn't even read the book. I threw it in my trunk. You know how like you're moving and God is flipping you around on assignments and it's busy. I, I just tossed that book in my trunk when I moved, drove everything from Boston to Florida. And it didn't surface again until a couple of years later when I was selling my little convertible and I had to transfer everything out of the trunk. 
And when I pulled the book out, it was as though the whole book was illuminated. It was like the only thing I could see in the trunk was this book. And I felt like Jesus was speaking into my heart at that moment and said, you can't just have a vocation to marriage and not prepare for it. If you want your marriage to be a witness, if you want what I'm getting ready to give you, you have to prepare and take it very seriously because yours is a call that is not like the world. Even if you are not going to be a religious sister and you're not going to take a radical, radical path like that, it's still a radical walk with me, no matter what your vocational call is. And I had to take it seriously. So I started to really pick up the book, read it. It was the first thing that I ever read of Sheen. I knew him as a TV guy, but like you, my parents were really the ones tuned in. I didn't grow up, you know, around the TV set. So, you know, I, I knew that he had a flair and occasionally would catch a YouTube or some kind of a clip on NBC, but nothing intense. The book was intense for me. And I began to really then pray to him and ask his intercession for everything that I was doing in the diocese. You know, if we had a major media hurdle, I would just say, Bishop Sheen, help me to represent the church well. Help me to speak for this bishop. Help me to, to really explain the church and to attract mainstream people to the reality of the truth of what Mother Church is in a particular way, in a modern way, but without watering down the truth. And he showed up for me every single time that I called on him. And then it was not long after his memorial, December 9th, I had been praying to him in the diocese. We were doing some you know, video content with my bishop. It was a lot of scandal swirling. My bishop had come in as, as like a real renewal, to bring renewal into the diocese, a reformer. And everything was so strategic. And I really just felt like he was an intercessor for not just my work, but for the restoration of the office of bishop overall, not just in the diocese where I worked, but all over the world. And my family and I traveled to New York. New York was a place where I had lived. I worked at WCBS TV and my sister was a stage performer on Broadway. So we had this common bond of New York City and we love to do all the things that you do in New York, you know, the Rockettes and American Girl doll for my niece and shopping and all of that. Some of the family had faith and some did not. And a few of us broke off and said, you know, we definitely want to go to mass at St. Patrick's. So we went to St. Patrick's Cathedral. Of course, you can't visit New York and not go to St. Patrick's. And just like you, I really didn't know a lot about Sheen, except for my little miniature experience of reading the book three to get married and my little ejaculatory prayers that weren't specifically daily and intentional, but now and again, I would call on him if I felt like I was struggling. But after the Mass at St. Patrick, something really profound happened. We were exploring some of the side altars. My aunt had never been to St. Patrick's. We were from Massachusetts, and we wanted her to experience all of the beauty and just spend some time and take it in, even though our family was texting us, hurry up, we're at American Girl Doll. And we said, oh, they can wait. So we, we swung around to the back of the altar, and I began talking to somebody. And I noticed that my mom and my aunt had knelt down behind the main altar. And I said, oh, there's one more kneeler. I'll kneel down and unite my prayers to theirs. And on the kneeler where I had knelt down next to them, there was an engraved prayer that said, you know, prayer for the advancement of the cause of canonization of then, he's now venerable, then servant of God, Fulton J. Sheen. And I, at that moment, I, I felt like an earth shattering aha moment of grace where it was like this culmination of all of the things that had proceeded where I had been praying to him and really feeling like he was, you know, mystically intervening from a position of heaven. Now I was realizing that he was being considered for sainthood, which stepped it up a little. 
And the next thing I realized he was buried underneath in the crypt. So I, I beckoned the security guard and I said, is Fulton Sheen buried down there? And he kind of gave me like this New York eye roll. And I, I said, well, you know, can I go, can we go in? Can we go down, down and pray in the crypt? And he was like, you know, no. And so of course, you know, I'm a persistent journalist type. I, I said, well, what about a girl that works for a bishop who's originally from Brooklyn? And, you know, I really want to go in and pray. There's something about the proximity of praying near a saint, <laughs> a bishop that's going to be a saint, you know? And he got the sacristan who was older than God with keys like around his neck that just <laughs> weighed him down to the ground. And he said, who works for Bishop Barbarito? And I said, I do. He said, if, if the three of you wait till after the next mass, I'll take the three of you down. So this was like a really profound moment. I was so excited. I felt like I was going to burst. And when I went into the crypt, I didn't plan it out. It was just happening so fast. But I had five really big intentions, three for other people and two for myself. And they were pretty impossible, big intentions, really difficult stuff. And I just, I poured out my heart silently and I just said, Bishop Sheen, if you help me. And I was crying. I mean, it was just so powerful. You felt the presence of God, you know, in the saints, you know, we say, blessed be God, you know, and his angels and his saints. And it really was so palpable. I said, if you help me, if you answer these prayers, I'll promote you. I kind of like stopped myself because that was never this type of prayer that I would pray. I wasn't bargaining with God, of course, but it just kind of rolled off of my, my tongue. And when I got up, turned my phone on, we got onto Fifth Ave to meet up with our family. I had an email at the top of my, my inbox. You know, I was representing the church. So at any number of, of any moment, I could be getting a media inquiry. So I was like really addicted to turning the phone on immediately. But this particular email was from a priest that I had never met before. And it, it went like this. Dear Alexis, my name is Father Stanley Deptula. I'm the executive director of the cause for canonization of Fulton J. Sheen in Peoria, Illinois. I heard about you, and I'm wondering if you would help us promote Bishop Sheen's cause in South Florida. Jeez. And at that moment, I, I think I screamed and I like was flashing my phone around to my mother and my aunt. And I'm like, will you read this? And I had told them when I came out of the crypt, you know, because I was laughing when I said, I'll promote you. And my mother's like, what is so funny? Like, what's so funny about this? And I said, well, I just told Bishop Sheen I'd promote him. You know, it's a win-win. I had to have told them at that moment because the email wouldn't have been as dramatic for them too. But they, they were all astonished. And I just said, you know what? There's one thing I know right now in a New York minute, my prayers are getting answered one at a time. Every single prayer that I prayed in that crypt, it's a done deal. But he was putting me to work. Bishop Sheen was putting me to work. <laughs> He's a very funny guy. You know, he has a sense of humor and that's what I love about him. And when you pray to him, he responds. And I think anyone listening to this podcast, what I want to say is if you've never heard of Bishop Sheen, or if you have heard of him and you just, maybe he's not your go-to guy. He's not just for people in the media and evangelization. He, he is doing stuff in, in every manner of ways. And I could get into that for hours and hours and hours, but he is so powerful. And I urge anybody listening to just take heed of that and know that the saints are alive. Like we have this money in the bank that we don't cash in on the investment. And I feel like, you know, that interest, it's the saints and the angels. And, and Bishop Sheen is one who wants to be busy for us. He wants to be busy for those of us that work for the church, that suffer for the church, that, you know, defend the church, that bring Jesus's name out to the nations. And he wants to be busy for us in our personal call for however the Lord is calling us to live our life of holiness. It's a particular path for each one of us. And it's different for each one of us. Absolutely. And he's, yeah. And he's just, he's the guy. Well, if you like fashion, gourmet food, and your faith, 
You need to know that I am leading a Theology of Beauty pilgrimage to Italy this July 2018 with Father Leo Paddlinghug, the famous cooking priest. We'll be heading out there July 7th through the 16th. And there are uh, there are still a few seats available, but I can't guarantee how long they're going to last. So you want to book it now. We will be heading up some amazing cities such as Milan, Turin, Venice, and of course, Roma. A pilgrimage is so much more than a vacation. It's really a time to unplug and reconnect to your faith and the people around you. It's a wonderful experience. You can find out every detail and the itinerary at my website, leadero.com slash pilgrimage. Grab your spot now before it sells out and I'll see you in Italy. One of the last pictures I think that he took with, I think it was the last picture he took with Pope John Paul II is when they're in that embrace. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know if I'll try to include this actually on my website when I put up the podcast episode here so you can see it. But I love, I love this picture of John Paul II embracing Fulton Sheen. I believe when they were hugging, he had said, you have, you have served the church well. Yes. And it was just like, I, I just, I don't know why I get emotional over this. <laughs> I mean, like, it was just so sweet and wonderful. And, and what you're talking about, like, this is somebody who is, I mean, Time Magazine called him the very first televangelist. I mean, and rightly so. He right. had this amazing television show, radio show as well, constantly talking about the faith with boldness and with his own flair, as Fulton right. Sheen definitely does. And he, it's just amazing when he actually in 1952, Sheen won an Emmy Award for his efforts. And when he got up there in his acceptance speech, and I know you know this, Lexus, but for everybody else who doesn't see, he gets up there. I just love this. I love watching the video of this. Okay. He gets up there and he tells them, okay, I'm going to have to thank my writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it's just the gospel writers, the saints, you know, I love and it. He, he just is so classic, you know, and, and I think that's what appealed to so many different audiences. You know, I mean, my dad, you know, didn't become Catholic until I was 20 years old. His Jewish family would sit around and watch Fulton Sheen every Sunday, which is amazing to me as much as my mom's Catholic family did. And I hear from people on the road in places where I go and speak and, and share about Bishop Sheen, Protestant denominations atheists, you know, people of no or little faith, but just trying and striving to have a connection to what is the meaning of life. And Bishop Sheen was able to open up that dialogue and bring meaning to life for so many people. He did. And he wrote a lot, a ton of books and so many treasures and gems and all of them. And so, you know, sadly, sadly today, we're all just way too busy to sit down and read something. And so you've helped us out here. You have written and compiled this book for us, Ex Libris, Fulton J. Sheen. And so I want you to explain this. If, am I right? This is You've taken seven of your favorite works of Fulton J. Sheen, and you've pulled out these golden nuggets all on different topics. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So it, the idea was really to kind of bring forward Fulton Sheen's spirituality and introduce him to a new generation you know, to awaken people that that knew Sheen and loved him, but also really to bring his profound teaching and his presentation of the gospel to young people. And so, yeah, so I, you know, he had so many books that he wrote and I, I could get overwhelmed in that. Anybody could, 
And I decided to keep it pretty simple. I mean, I, I asked the Holy Spirit to really illuminate what are the things that our culture needs today? What are the topics? What are the themes? And what was happening to me, it was very mystical. I would, you know, kind of lock myself down for several days and, you know, go mining for some of his thoughts. And as I was compiling it, it was taking shape under some major thought of Fulton Sheen. And that thought was broken down into several different buckets. The first being the mystery of God and how God is fire, the way he pursues a soul. And that was really interesting because I think that sometimes we can forget that Jesus, that, you know, the love of this eternal, vast God, this timeless God, that he has, he has chosen us, he has created us, he has loved us from everlasting. And to know that he pursues us and the way that grace enters into a soul and sometimes the struggle with the soul and God. I started the book with that because I wanted people who were reading this to be not just the faithful, but those who are seeking. And so I felt like through the lens of anyone who's kind of wondering, does God exist? Does he care about me? Let Sheen answer those questions. Yeah. And I love this. I have the book in front of me as we're talking. It's, I have, it's one of those things where I told myself, now, Alexis, I told myself, I got this book and I said, I listen, I said, Leah, calm down. Do not <laughs> underline everything you read. Alexis has pulled out all of the nuggets. You don't need to highlight everything. I'm giving myself this talk because I just destroy books with all of my writing and the <laughs> margins, all of my, oh my gosh, use this, talk about this, share this, memorize this. I give myself all of these notes constantly. And I completely, after I read it, abandoned my initial dealings with myself. And of course, what did I do? The silly book is now highlighted like crazy. And I'm like, why did I do this? It's clearly got all of the favorites, all of the like wonderful nuggets that, that you have pulled out from Fulton J. Sheen. And anyways, so don't be like That's me. Cool. Get the book and just read it and let it soak in constantly. But going back to what you're saying of how you started with God is fire. Mm. This has been something that has been present in my life. This is, I mean, if that's like, if light or fire, those are like the words that seem to be coming to me personally in my mm -hmm. own spiritual life this year in particular. It's like, it's a dramatic showing of these words showing up in different saints and different bishops, Pope Benedict XVI, John Paul II, yes. some yes. of these ones that I've been reading lately. And it, it seems to be this theme. And you have, you start out with the book with just this. I would love, I don't know if you have it in front of you, could you read that little piece that you have on God is Fire from, and I think this is from Peace of a Soul is the book it came from. Sure. So this is kind of, I mean, a lot of people will say, oh, I know Peace of Soul, but it's kind of an, one of his obscure books that has, it brings a lot of healing bomb. So this is the quote from Fulton Sheen. Because God is fire, we cannot escape him. Whether we draw near for conversion or flee from aversion, in either case, he affects us. If we accept his love, its fires will illumine and warm us. If we reject him, they will still burn on in us in frustration and remorse. Ugh, I love it. I mean, he, like, yeah. he, he drops the mic. <laughs> that's, that's all they are. I mean, using just common terms today, it's mic drop after mic drop after mic, mic drop with Fulton J. Sheen. I mean, and he talks about so many things. He reminds me, and how he writes and the the breadth of study, like all of his just his knowledge and the topics that he covers is very similar to John Paul II. Very similar. They dovetail. And I, I found that when, you know, my first book that I picked up, Three to Get Married by Fulton Sheen, 
you know, I was a student of John Paul II's pontificate in theology of the body. And yet, if you back it up, you know, Fulton Sheen had this beautiful catechesis on marriage, this pastoral presentation of marriage with three to get married. And this whole idea of that it doesn't take one or two to make love, it takes three to make love, the lover, the beloved, and the divine lover, Jesus. And I mean, these are mind-blowing things that if you actually reflect on what he's saying and really let that soak in, if you're living in sin around some of those issues, it's wrecking it for you because you're being presented with the truth of what it means to be a Christian and a follower of Jesus and, and a follower of the church. Absolutely. In fact, there is a section here that I wanted to to read to our listeners so that you can get an idea of kind of what's in this book. And really, like, if you're wondering why is Fulton J. Sheen still so relevant or how could he be relevant in my life? Let me just read this to you. When I read this, I mean, if I would not have been able to tell if this was John Paul II or Fulton Sheen. Mm. It was completely, I remember this being read to me and I ha- I was like, that is either one or the other. I could not tell the difference. Usually you can tell like if you've done enough scripture, if you've done enough religious right. readings and everything, spiritual readings, you can be like, oh, that sounds like Therese of Lisieux. Oh, that's definitely Teresa of Avila or, you know, whatever right, it might right, be. Right, right, right. They have like a certain flair and, and how they yeah. write and personality. But this is so beautiful. And this is talking just about what you were saying, Alexis, about marriage and love and how Fulton Sheen obviously talks about the spiritual life and how God is fire and the divine life and how to live with him, love him and serve him. And then he gets, obviously, he gets into all of our relationships. And so Fulton J. Sheen speaks to marriage and especially in his book, Three to be Married. So this is a piece right here that I loved. I wanted to share with our listeners. It says, Two glasses that are empty cannot fill up one another. There must be a fountain of water outside the glasses in order that they may have communion with one another. It takes three to make love. Every person is what he loves. Love becomes like unto that which it loves. If it loves heaven, it will become heavenly. If it loves the carnal as a God, it will become corruptible. The kind of immorality we have depends on the kind of loves we have. And then skipping on a few more sentences, it wraps up with the nobler our loves, the nobler our character. Mm. To love what is below the human is degradation. To love what is human for the sake of human is mediocrity. To love the human for the sake of the divine is enriching. And to love the divine for its own sake is sanctity. Ah, Amen. Amen. Ah. He's amazing. He is amazing. I know. And, you know, I I just, even, you know, being a faithful Catholic, sometimes we don't avail ourselves to these pearls. We're not always hearing this teaching off the altar. If we're not availing ourselves as young adults for a lifetime of formation, where are we getting it, you know? And so for me, when I picked up Three to Get Married, it was like, it was deeply penetrating my soul. You know, I was, you know, wanting to be married, waiting to be married, not really figuring out, like, how could that ever be possible? types of people that I'm meeting in the mainstream world are just not valuing marriage as a sacrament the way I value it. And yet Fulton Sheen was saying, align yourself in this way and it will be worth the wait. You don't want it unless it's like this. You don't want it unless it's someone who is living and breathing in the same type of train of thought and that it is possible, you know? And he really, like like uh, John Paul II, 
is just like into the love and the romance, which I absolutely love about these, you know, the, the papacy of John Paul II and the bishophood of Fulton Sheen, that it's not unrealistic for church men and the church fathers to really shepherd really the majority of, of the church is going toward married life, you know, but to really get in that with us, it becomes a whole other level of three to get married. And with Bishop Sheen as a matchmaker, it's, it's another, you know, evidence <laughs> of, of some of that playfulness, you know? So I just, there's so many things to say about, about that passage and just about the way that he breaks it down with such clarity and poetry and romance too, you know, the romance of heaven to kind of explain to us really what we're made for. Yeah. And that is definitely his constant call is that life is worth living, right? And then in the same breath to live it well. Right. Right. And joyfully, because he just had such a, such a, like a shroud of joy that he carried, you know, everywhere to everyone he met. It was just contagious. And I think for those of us who didn't know him, but we know some of his family members and we know some of the people that he did influence and we, we hear his voice and we, if we're on YouTube and, you know, if we're praying to him, you know, he in particular, I know we all have our little saint friends in heaven and that we gravitate to. I know I do. I didn't feel like I needed one more, but this one, he's at the head of the, the saint posse, let me tell you. And he is just so playful. I mean, the stories of how he responds in such a playful way, I just, I have to brace myself and fasten my seatbelt because the saints show up. The veil with Fulton Sheen is very, very thin. I agree. I agree. He definitely answers the call of whatever it is. And not, but you know, that's just the whole point. Not enough people know about, like you said, about these pearls and these gems that we have in the church. And this was, you compiling this book was so fantastic because it really puts, it puts it into perspective very, very quickly. If you don't have a lot of time to, of course, read all of Sheen's books, this is what you need to have. I mean, this is fantastic for you to take into, I mean, you could do whatever you want with it, but I find myself using this for sometimes my evening reading, Mm. spiritual reading before bed. I'll just pick up a small section, read on it, then I'll journal. I've taken it into my adoration chapel and and I just pray with it a little bit there and put it down. And of course, Fulton Shane um, had a love for his holy hour every single day, spending a holy hour every single day after he became a priest. And I believe dedicating that to Our Lady. Isn't that correct, Alexis? Yeah, it's amazing. He really... He had such a an incredible devotion to the Eucharistic presence of our Lord. And it really was where he drew everything from. And I think it's a lesson for all of us. You know, I mean, he had such greatness when you consider, you know, no bishop has really gone where he's gone. I mean, maybe Bishop Barron today in a different way and through the digital formats is, you know, blazing that same kind of evangelization trail. But really, when you think about it, to be able to penetrate the mainstream airwaves compete against the likes of Milton Berle, capture an Emmy and run with, you know, the New York celebrity set, the Hollywood celebrity set, the highest of the high and the lowest of the low, the lepers, the poorest of the poor in the missions all over the world. This man knew that he needed to spend an hour with Jesus every day. He had to because he was being poured out poured out like Jesus, like a libation to just pour that out. He had to get filled up. And so I think that's the greatest lesson. And that's a little bit of a section in the back of the book of the last chunk, Knowing Jesus. I share a little bit about Fulton Sheen's commentary on the holy hour. Many of us, you know, could go through the motions of, you know, the bare minimum of the sacramental requirements. And it's a process for all of us on our journey of faith. But some of us get hungrier earlier and we want 
as much as we can every day. Sometimes we get really busy and the things that we know are right for us slip a little bit by the wayside. But I think Fulton Sheen shows us that it's a priority. And I believe that the holy hour is not just a priority if you're a bishop or a priest, but for us as lay people, we're face to face with God. And that is where we draw our power source for whatever the call is that Jesus has on our life. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And and that, I mean, that, that's the call that Jesus himself tells us in scripture. I mean, he says it right there. I don't know why, like, like, I'm sorry, but you can't get around, around that. And granted, and trust me, I'm saying this in a, in a very different season of my life where I used to do a holy hour every day. And Mm -hmm. now with three kids, four, three, and one, and I'm, uh, you know, I've got another one here. Number four is going to come any, any day now. That it, it does take a different season for me. I do have to get yes. my holy hour in. I don't get it in, but maybe if I'm lucky once a month. However, we can't deny the fact that Christ has called us to spend an hour with him. He says That's this. Right. He's right. told this. It wasn't just for the apostles. He's also speaking to us each and every time. And, and I love what you included in there from what Fulton Sheen says about holy hour. That holy hour is about working with the he talks about like how it, it, there's like three pieces to it. That Holy Hour is about sharing in this redemptive work. It's right. also about companionship, just right. being with the Lord. And it, he just goes on to talking about how that is, it's a part of all of who we are. And at the very end, the last thing this Holy Hour does is it it creates a stronger likeness of us more into Christ. That, that's, Isn't that amazing? That's yeah. the and point. We can be like him. We can get burned by the sun and let that, you know, the rays of of the true presence, you know, radiate onto our countenance, into our soul, into our whole being, and then carry that out. Yeah. And and it it was Pope Benedict that also said he's got a wonderful quote about the Holy Spirit. He says, the Holy Spirit is fire, and those who do not want to get burned ought not to approach him. (laughs) Right. That is an awesome quote, Pope Benedict. Yes. I love it. It's true. It's I can true. I can imagine Fulton Sheen in heaven when he wrote that, <laughs> being like, "Yes, <laughs> right, right." They're all riffing off each other. I tell you, you know, I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing. It is. And speaking of the holy hour, that's exactly how our wonderful Sheen died. He died actually in the presence mm-hmm. of the Blessed Sacrament in his private chapel on December ninth, nineteen seventy nine. That's right. Isn't that incredible? I, I like. We should all be able to go that way. Oh, yeah. if that, I mean, if you could go, that's the way to go, right? <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's unbelievable. And, you know, I had this extraordinary grace when I was coming into this friendship with Bolton Sheen to be brought into relationship and friendship with his family, his relatives, who really knew him the best. And I, I just, it blows my mind to be able to you know, you can read all you read and pray all you pray, but to, like the firsthand accounts, you know, we, we think about the saints that we love and, you know, like Francis and Claire, it was like a saint posse. And then everybody around them, they were kind of like the saint gang, you know, in Assisi. And they all were connected, you know, somehow. We think about some of the modern day saints, St. Gianna Beretta Mola and her husband and her children and, and how, what a grace to be connected. And when I was, you know, really being brought into this whole dynamic with, with Sheen, I met his niece, Joan Cunningham, and some other family members who, Yolanda Holliger, who's no longer with us, she passed away, and she was set up by Bishop Sheen. Bishop Sheen, who is a matchmaker, introduced Yolanda to his cousin, and they married, and it's a darling story of uh, just the romance of, of Bishop Sheen bringing two people together who, you know, it just goes to show that it's still, it's always kind of a struggle, you know, 
people coming together, but God gets in the middle. And in that case, it was Bishop Sheen. But, you know, Joan talked about the things that were really important to the bishop and including the holy hour. And she talked about when he died and, you know, the details of that night and it being a holy night. And, you know, just that he never, he never, there was never a day that he didn't do the holy hour. She talked about his incredible love for the Blessed Mother. Lovely lady dressed in blue is the prayer that he taught the family and, and so many other people. And his love for the missions, his love for the poor, how he would, you know, take his coat off time and time again and give his coat away to someone who needed it. And she herself was so funny. She said, you know, do you really think that person really needs the coat or do you think it's like a scam, you know? And he said, I, I can't take the chance. I just can't take the chance if it's Jesus in disguise, basically, you know, and, and just so many details. And and just to have that presence of the people that meant so much to him and, and they knew him, it just, I wept. I would weep and weep and weep after spending time with them because it, it was such a profound experience to be brought so close into the life of someone who is going to be a saint. I believe he will be a saint. We need his sainthood now for the church in America. We need his sainthood now for for holy marriages, for people to embrace their vocational call, whatever the the hesitations and delays and attack is on people, young people today to be able to really live a life of holiness. We need him. We need him now. We need him for greater evangelization in the church. We need him for truth. And um, I know that there's a little pause in the cause, but I I know that soon and very soon things are going to kick up again. They will. Absolutely. I have no doubt about it. And we need his intercession and he'll give it to us regardless of what is in front of his name or not. I know that. So keep on Keep on reaching out to Fulton J. Sheen for whatever you need and then pray for his sainthood. It would be such a beautiful thing for for the church, in some cases the world, to recognize what this great man has done and how he has loved God and how he continues to love us to help us love God better. And of course, as we know, today we're releasing this podcast on his birthday. Happy birthday, Fulton Sheen, the birthday episode for Fulton Sheen today, May 8th. Fulton Sheen would be 123 (laughs) years old. (laughs) It's amazing. It's amazing. And we gravitate to him. He's not even our our generation, you know. (laughs) No. We we love this bishop. He is a rock star. Yeah. No, it's just amazing. I know. It's amazing to me, like, just how God uses so many people in our lives to help us grow closer to him. And I mean, I was six months old when he died. Amazing. And I have, I'm just, it's just amazing. Yeah, exactly. Amazing to me, like to think that there he was, I was just six months old. And then all these years later, I'm at his, his tomb. I'm at his crypt. Years later, you're at his tomb at his crypt. Right. And, we're, and we're both at, on, on the, on those, on those separate days, just being like, look, we need some help here. And totally. then here we are together on the podcast talking about Fulton Sheen and this amazing book that you've put together for us so that we can experience the gems and the pearls of wisdom that he has to give us. Ex mm. Libris, Fulton J. Sheen. Don't worry, all of those links will be in this podcast. You'll be able to grab this book. It is wonderful. It's a spiritual gem. I highly encourage you if you're wanting something, some great spiritual reading in your life. And if you want it quick and easy, these are very short, quick snippets from seven selections that Alexis has picked out from all of the, the many books that he has written they're just, they're jam packed with moments for you to take on, to reflect, to journal, to really pray with. And, uh, it's definitely worth your time and money to grab this. I promise you, you will not be disappointed with Fulton J. Sheen. 
Oh, thank you, Leah, so much. I really appreciate that. You got it. Thank you for doing it. I mean, I, completely. Thank you so much for going through that vast amount of all of those things. And I, I'm sure it was very difficult to kind of keep this concise to not include almost everything. But you did yeah. a really great job of pulling out just some, I mean, like you said, mic drop moments within Fulton J. Shane. I had an awesome editor with the Pauline Media Nun. Sister Teresa Noble was an absolute amazing support and really helping me, you know, stay on course with, you know, the direction and, and the Holy Spirit literally spotlighted some of this content. I mean, that's why I feel like anyone who really picks up this book, it's been so prayed over. I can't tell you enough, you know, the media nuns would be just like Fulton Sheen to pick the media nuns, the savvy Pauline media sisters who are using all forms <laughs> of media for evangelization to be the, the little shepherds of, of this small little spiritual bullet. It, but it's been so prayed over by all of us. And I, my prayer has been that whoever picks it up, that their life is never the same, that their life is never the same, that they truly know that their life is worth living. And if they haven't lived it the way Jesus is calling them to, that this book would be the, the game changer moment in their life as they get called deeper and into a more serious relationship with Christ, that they'd, they'd take these little bullets and go deeper with some of these works and really consider how the Lord's calling them to live their life of holiness. Amen. Amen. Alexis, okay, so what can you do? I would love for you to give us a challenge to our listeners, or if you could speak for Fulton J. Sheen, what would he say and, what, and, what, and how would he challenge us? Well, I think a challenge, this is my challenge, and he, he probably wouldn't say this, but I want to challenge everybody that's listening. Some people that are listening are going to have faith. Some might have marginal faith. I'm going to challenge everybody to make Bishop Sheen, if you're listening to this podcast, you are called into his friendship, number one. If you're tuning in, there's no coincidence with God. So I'm going to ask you to begin to form a relationship with Bishop Sheen as an intercessor and ask him to lead you to a deeper relationship with Jesus, that Bishop Sheen would illuminate your path in a deeper way to answer the call of your life. You might already be living in the sacramental you know, marriage or priesthood, but you might be struggling. Ask Bishop Sheen to enliven things for you. What I will tell you about my own walk is when I went into that crypt 10 years ago and made a promise and told him that I would promote him if he helped me, I never imagined that this book would come. Right away, my five intentions, three of them were answered, one of them instantly, two of them over a couple of years, and the final two, Leah, are being answered as this book is delivered to the world. The final two intentions are on my doorstep. So what I want to tell people right now is that the efficacy of this intercession of this bishop to move for you, to reposition you into the divine will of God for your life, even if you've screwed it up royal, even if you think you you could never get a second chance, if you think that you know something in your life blocked you out of wherever you were supposed to be going, Bolton Sheen, let me tell you, is going to move heaven and earth and heaven's going to be busy for you. So my challenge to you is to believe, believe in the power of the angels and the saints in heaven, that God has given us holy helpers in heaven. And in this particular case, for this generation, Bishop Fulton J. Sheen is for you and for me. Go to him intentionally, ask him for what you need, ask him and he will respond. Amen. Girl, I love your fire. I love how you speak. That is, I, I love it. I already know my intentions I'm going to ask him for within my own life. I... Oh, you almost brought me to tears when I was just thinking of what I was going to ask for in this challenge. So I really thank you for doing that because it's something that I've been needing to work on and needing to like offer up. And I really think that that's just something that Fulton Sheen wants to turn to my life and help me with. So 
I don't know if anybody else listening just experienced that as well. Maybe you had that one thing that you just haven't had enough time to sit and pray with and you know you got to kind of deal with. Well, for me, that just happened in this exact moment. So um, today, May 8th, happy birthday, Fulton Sheen. You are 123 years young. (laughs) We are so, so thankful for your life. We are thankful for everything that you've done for the Lord and for the kingdom. And Fulton J. Sheen, please pray for us. Pray for this podcast. Pray for the listeners. Pray for all of us here in prayer, especially for all those who do not know the love of God. All right, Alexis, you've been amazing, an amazing guest. Thank you so much for everything that you have done for us. And thank you for continuing to promote the beautiful cause of Fulton J. Sheen. Yes. Thank you, Leah. Let's pray for each other. God bless you. Amen. All right. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Do Something Beautiful podcast. So I am so thankful for you. I'm thankful for your beautiful, open and listening ears. I hope that you do hear Jesus within some of this rambling that we do here on this podcast and that it it just supports your spiritual life and it makes your life a little bit better, maybe a little bit brighter or happier. And remember, whatever you do today, do something beautiful for God. God love you. God bless. And we'll talk to you later. 